listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, as you know, we don't have royalty in our country. Our athletes, our entertainments, our entertainers, they are our royalty. And their performances, well, sometimes they feel like they're performed on fields of dreams. And that's the reason sports talk shows like mine exist. On that note, welcome back to another award-winning edition of Straight Out of Vegas, the weekend adaptation. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Tonight, we take a quick look at the newly released college football rankings. You know, we've got college football two weeks from tonight with fans and everything. Yay. Well, the usual suspects are at the top, but there are a few teams, in my view, that are overrated and some are underrated, and I'll give you my thoughts. In about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by longtime sportsbook director here in Las Vegas, good friend of mine, Dave Sherapan. We'll talk about the latest as we march towards the 2021 football season. After Bruin Finley's update, we'll talk about the latest stories swirling around Las Vegas, and we'll also chop it up with respect to the latest developments in the NFL and what happened tonight in Las Vegas uh, was incredibly epic, even for a preseason game. And, of course, we closed on the show with Mackinac Sports to stretch your mind and give you the kind of data you only find on this show. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They are a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. As they say in Chisel, Minnesota, the home of Moonlight Graham, it's going to be lit. All right, who's going to be number one this year? Who's number one now? Who will finish number one? The college football polls are out. That's an exciting thing for me. Uh, spoiler alert, Alabama's number one again. They're, they're ranked number one. And of all the polls, believe it or not, the USA Today coaches poll has been the one that's been the precursor to more national champions in any other poll but still even still the preseason number one that they annotate at the beginning of the year he's only finished number one in that same position at the end of the year 1993 florida state coached by bobby bowden guess what 1999 florida state again 2004 the great pete carroll reggie bush matt leinert usc team in 2004 and then 2017 alabama so, number one's rarefied air because just 10 teams in the past 30 seasons have spent 10 or more weeks atop the poll. Think about that. Only 10 teams in the past three decades have spent at least 10 weeks cumulatively atop the poll in any time. And there's a lot of programs that, uh, you know, haven't reached that territory and, you know, good juggernaut type programs. But Alabama tops the list. They've nearly doubled its next closest challenger. Alabama. The Alabama Crimson Tide as a program, it, it, since 1994, they've been, they found their way uh, in the top 10, 103 weeks. Or check that, 103 weeks in the top spot. Uh, Florida State right behind them, 52 weeks. And, uh, you know, right on down the line. So you don't have to be number one, but every national champion of the past 30 years that typically open the season, open the season in the top 25. Now, some were lower than others. Uh, five teams that have finished number one were outside the top 10, including two outside the top 19. And in recent history, no eventual national champion has ever been overlooked as much in the preseason as the 2013 Florida State team, which began the season at number 13 before they you know rolled out one of the most dominant regular seasons of the modern era. So 
this poll, you know, like most polls, will, will, will you know, there'll be people that'll argue. There are six teams in this year's top 25 that weren't even ranked at all in last year's final poll. Oregon is 12th, LSU's 13th, Wisconsin's 15th, Penn State's 20th, Washington's 21st, and Ole Miss is 25th. And the group of five, well, they've, uh, they've, they're represented, but not as much as people, people would wish. So here's what's interesting. As you look at this, and, and I'm already on record as saying, you know, and Alabama got 63 of the 65 first place votes. That's incredible. Oklahoma got the other two first place votes. And, you know, again, usual suspects, Alabama opens up number one, Clemson two, Oklahoma three, and Ohio State four. But as I mentioned to Aaron and B.J. Husky about an hour ago, I'm of the opinion and of the belief that Alabama will not win the national championship this year. They lost a tremendous amount of firepower. They lost a starting quarterback, Mac Jones, first round. They lost four coaches off their offensive side of the ball coaching staff, including their OC, Steve Sarkeesian. They also lost nine starters on defense, and they've got a tough schedule. They've got to go to Auburn. They've got to go to Texas A&M. I think they open up against Florida. There are some gauntlets in there, and I think Bama's going to be very good. I'm just not of the belief that they're going to win the national championship. I'm going to go on a limb, and I think it's going to be Oklahoma. Maybe it's not that much of a limb because Oklahoma has a tremendous quarterback in Spencer Rattler, who's the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. Doesn't mean he will, but he's terrific. Two stud running backs. Lincoln Riley will have the best defense and the most complete team he's ever had. Uh, their, their, their defense has like eight, nine, eight starters back, I believe, uh, off a of top 25 defense. And look, this is what Oklahoma needs is just to stop somebody. They don't need to. They don't even need a lockdown defense. Their their offense will always be prolific. Ohio State lost Justin Fields. That's a big loss. Uh, they'll have they'll, he, he's they're replacing it with another stud. But when you lose Justin Fields and Clemson loses Trevor Lawrence, it's pretty tough to come right back the, the next year and, and win the national championship. I think Oklahoma is poised. If not now, I'm not sure when. And I also think that uh, they, they can really get off, a, off to a great start with their schedule. And their big game is going to be, obviously, Iowa State, not till November 4th. However, it would not surprise me if the Sooners are undefeated at that point in the season. All right, and as you look up and down the rankings, there are there are three or four that really jumped at me. LSU is ranked 13th. I'm going to put them in the overrated category. They weren't even in the top five, uh, 25 at the end of the season last year. Should the LSU Tigers be ranked at the start of the season? I guess, you know, you have to give them their Lifetime Achievement Award, but having them number 13 overall is a bit too high. You know, they... They went, on, they went undefeated two years ago en route to a perfect national championship winning season, and that was two seasons ago. LSU was 500 last year, and they're going to be without their starting quarterback, Miles Brennan, maybe for the entire season. Now, they're probably still a top five, top six team in the SEC, but Ole Miss has more promise entering the season in their own division than LSU does. And even with uh, their new quarterback, uh, new quarterback Emory Jones uh, over in Florida, they're better. So let's not forget Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M are all really head and shoulders above and better than LSU entering the season. I don't believe LSU should be ranked 13th. I could see them 19th or 20th. I think they're overrated. And by the way, I'm hearing this is crazy. 
Ed Orgeron's on the hot seat. We'll see. Here's a team that I believe is underrated. The number 15 Wisconsin Badgers. Now, there's still a big gap between Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten. No doubt about it. Give Ohio State their due. They're perceived, Wisconsin is still perceived, in my view, to be the second best team in the Big Ten, and they're ranked 15th, and they're well-deserving of it. Last year was a bit of a weird one, at least up in Madison, but Paul Christ, who's taken over there for coach a few years back, he's got a great star quarterback, I believe, in Graham Mertz. You're going to see a lot more about this guy. He's mobile, he's fast, he can throw, he can make plays. Wisconsin is the favorite to win the Big Ten West, and most likely they're going to run into Ohio State, but... I think they're better than the 15th-ranked team in Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa, Penn State. They're all kind of they all kind of find themselves in the 15 to 20 range. Only one of them, only one of those teams is getting to the Big Ten uh, championship game, the Big Ten title bout, as it were, and that's going to be Wisconsin. So if all goes well, Wisconsin's one of about five teams who have a realistic shot of making the college football playoff for the first time in their school history. So I think Wisconsin is worthy of being a, a, a number 10 team or number 11 team. Yes, they're that good. All right, here's another team that I believe is overrated. The USC Trojans. Why they're 14th is beyond me, all right? We do this every year. Not we. The, the, somebody ranks them every year because they're dying for the USC Trojans to stop being crappy and start being good at football again. I remember when they were really good at football. Now, one can certainly argue for USC to be the favorite in the Pac-12 South. I get it. They're probably a 9-3 and team as long as Clay Helton remains their head coach and as long as Keaton Slovis can live up to the potential that everybody has heaped upon him. There's only four Pac-12 teams ranked inside the top 25 by ESPN. And frankly, I don't know how good the Pac-12 is. That seems like too many. Oregon will be the favorite to win the Pac-12, of course. Washington should be interesting. Week two, they go to Michigan. If they beat Michigan in the big house, that'd be quite a that'd be a nice achievement for them. Uh, they've got like ten starters back on defense. They can do it. They got a veteran offensive line, a good quarterback. But you don't know. You still got to do it. Arizona State should also be interesting. The problem is, it seems like they're hoping USC can force its way into the top ten of the playoff picture. The truth of the matter is, ICSC is a 9-3 team, and they finished the season ranked about 22nd, something along those lines. Not terrible, nowhere near SC standards of two decades ago. At 14th, I think they're too high. Now, I'm not sure about this one. The Texas Longhorns are 19th, and now they'll be in the SEC in a couple years, but I don't know. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian is being perceived as an upgrade over Tom Herman as their head coach. We shall see. Didn't end well for him at SC, but he did a great job at Alabama. And look, he, he's had good success at BYU. He had good success at Washington. Uh, I think basically Texas is the third best team in the Big 12, nothing more. They're closer to being probably in a New Year's Six game. And I would say if they, you know, they're like two and seven against TCU, right? They've got talent. And they got a good coaching staff, but they're going to have to beat Oklahoma. They're going to have to beat Iowa State. They're going to have to beat TCU. I don't know. Can they win all three of those games? I doubt it. Texas at 19th, they're probably about where they should be. Maybe they're overrated. I've talked to some people that think they're underrated. Here's another team I think is overrated. Man, are they living in the past. The Miami Hurricanes rank 15. Now, (laughs) Clemson has dominated the ACC because Clemson is really good. But frankly, the ACC top to bottom is not that good. 
And I think you're going to see it, it exposed this year with Notre Dame out of the picture. And while, you know, Clemson's projected to get to the playoff for the seventh year in a row, Miami uh, is not going to probably play them in the conference championship game because I do not think Miami will beat Alabama. That right off the right out of the back gate, they're going to have an issue with their season, and then they have to go to North Carolina, where Mac Brown has done a phenomenal job. I think Miami loses both of those games. They're overrated at 15. Now, well, the you know the North Carolina Tar Heels are probably not a top 10 team. Again, Mac Brown, they'll be back in a New Year's Six Bowl. Can you say that about Manny Diaz? So I think De'Ara King, their quarterback, is a superstar. And I think he's geared to have a very good senior season. But can he put them on his back and carry them by themselves? So I think Miami's, instead of being ranked 15th, they probably should be around 20th or 21st. Maybe we're splitting hairs here. But this is the way I see it. Uh, This is a very inexact art, inexact science predicting, you know, preseason rankings other than you know the 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 ones at the top the usual suspects but see this is what's great about college football you can debate it you can you know i'm sure i got people out there and living in these cities uh near these campuses what maybe i've said some things about their team they don't like and they're not gonna they're gonna take umbrage to that but that doesn't mean that's gonna translate to more wins on the field look there's in, in each power five conferences there are teams that are underrated or overrated and fan bases get too riled up i think and you know when when their team is not perceived in the preseason as being where they think it should be others they pound their chest too much because they got so much pride that's what makes college football so great all right but at the end of the day it's how you play on saturday that's gonna matter and, and, and listen, I'll tell you five teams right now, Michigan, North Carolina State, Central Florida, Arizona State, Boise State, they're really ticked. Why? They are, are, they, they are all snubbed. None of them are in the preseason top 25 college poll. So that's a conversation for a different day, but I'll guarantee you they're not happy about it. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Coming up, we bring you out to Vegas. We'll be joined by Dave Sherapan, longtime sportsbook director here. We'll have some stuff to talk about. I know he's excited football can't get here soon enough. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Dave Sherapan, longtime sportsbook director here in Las Vegas, the pride of Pittsburgh. Bernie Fratto, what is going on, man? How are you? I'm doing great, and I was looking forward to talking to you tonight. And after what I saw at Allegiant Stadium, how expensive are the Raiders going to be this year? Because with that crowd, the players were talking about forget preseason atmosphere. They said it was like a playoff atmosphere. It's crazy, man, right? Like we finally got a team, and they couldn't play with fans in the stands. And now (laughs) we got a team in Las Vegas, and we're going to have fans in the stands. It is like, I mean, you want to talk about a, a pent-up excitement? Despite the parking prices, 
despite the ability to get there, it's going to be electric in that building. And, I mean, it, it's going to be fun. Uh, you know, we're a big league city now. I mean, you know, the Knights have, have shown everybody the way. But this is the NFL. It's going to be awesome. Dave, you know, uh, obviously the, the Raiders fed off that crowd tonight. And I got to believe – I'm just going to throw it out there. That's got to be maybe, what, half a point in the line, maybe a full point some nights, because you're going to get local steam on the Raiders. Can't you feel it coming? Oh, it's already been happening. Like, since, you know, I mean, it happened last year with them actually being here, but it started to happen when they said they were going to come even the year before. You know, I mean, it was always it was the game of choice when it was on in the book, you know, we had to have the Raider game on because that was the people that were, you know, were in the book, wanted to see that game with sound the most anyway. So I think you'll see what happened like with the Knights um, in Vegas, in town. And now that, you know, Paspa's passed and we have books all over, there might be some geographical, um, this, you know, disparities in the lines, um, at least on the sides. But burn, I mean, you know, their season wins is what six and a half. Seven, uh, very, like, that, that's the reality, my friend. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, the the reality is that all those fans in the stands and stuff they can't play defense. I mean, no. and the guys on the sideline right now can't play defense. So um, <laughs> there should be some fun, high scoring games. We should be betting the over. I think we'll be looking to bet a lot of Raiders games over. Uh, that's my first impression of that team. Well, and what twenty fifth ranked defense, and by the way, they've got like the seventh toughest schedule in the NFL. Uh, (laughs) Dave, I know you can't wait for football to get here. Can't get here soon enough. Uh, But I want to talk a little bit about this phenomenon in baseball with all these favorites covering in the last couple weeks. No matter how high you put the favorite, the favorites are not only covering, they're covering the run lines too. Your thoughts? It is... um it's almost a rite of passage as, as you get into this, you know, sports book business, and, and you go to the other side of the counter and, and see the bets and take the bets, and you get to August, and you're just like, all right, we just got to get the football. But the in between, and now you know, with COVID and everything, the sports calendar was so messed up. We had NBA all the way into mid July, and you know, hockey went deep into the summer, and it wasn't so much the focus. But August has always been a favorites month after the trade deadline. You get so many disparities, and teams have basically announced they're not playing. They're, they're 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 bringing kids up, and they're just you know seeing what they got, while other teams are playing for the big prize. So you when 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 halves play have nots is what I call it. You get these enormous disparities, and it can't be this easy, but it is. I mean, the favorites run is ridiculous. I believe it's in the last ten days. I believe it's at about a seventy three percent clip. And like you said, it's not just winning. It's winning on the run line. So, yeah. you know, parlays build up and books are like, man, what do we do? And and, and it's almost like playing defense, Burn. You just got to kind of sit there and take the bets, and, you know, and hope that one of the public team loses, whether it's the Dodgers, the Yankees, you know, the White Sox, um, oh, these teams that are you – know, the, the Giants, people aren't betting them. It's crazy. Amazing. Their prices are the ones that aren't being adjusted like the other ones are. You see, you know, teams in Milwaukee's 220 on the road. I mean, granted, it's Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh isn't winning. And it, it is. 
one of those things. But yeah, baseball, man, is is um, it's a bear right now for the books. But you know, we used to say it in the books. We're we're just kind of you know letting people get fat and load up now for football, and then you <laughs> got to do back. point spreads and you gotta <laughs> do totals and college football, and everything's gonna be okay. There's no. Uh, I heard a great line from a friend of mine, David Purdom. He said, "There's more sympathy for the devil than the sports book," and he's right. Like the books are gonna be fine. Yeah. The Rolling Stones appreciate that, Dave. They'll be here, I think, November 6th, by the way. Uh, talking with Dave Sherapin, one of my you know, favorites, known Dave for a good decade, and uh, longtime sportsbook director here in Las Vegas. Dave, the cat's out of the bag now. Everybody bets uh, preseason. No longer is the old axiom, you must be degenerate if you bet preseason. Not true. We see trends. And we see quarterback rotations and certain coaches who like to win and certain coaches who don't. And the Super Bowl champion, you know, all right on down the line. I don't want to steal your thunder. Talk about the sports book view from, uh, you know, from behind the counter, how you guys see preseason. Well, it's changed a lot. Um, I think, you know, with all the people and stuff doing media and, and everything now, I mean, it's become even more popular. It used to be kind of one of those wink-wink things like, really, you betting this preseason stuff? But it was always a real sharp market. And I think, you know, used to say we have meetings like, if we didn't have to put this up, we wouldn't. Because, you know, we don't really know, and some somebody does, and it's, it never ends well. It usually doesn't. And now you have a lot more, quote-unquote, you know, uh, regular Joe money in the pool, and it's out that, you know, you just bet the under. Well, this week, if you bet the under in week one of the NFL preseason, you're 13-2. and two. Right. You might as well stop. There's nothing more to bet. You've done your job. It's over. I mean, like, that is a great run. So, books have to adjust. Um, you know, there was only two games in the preseason in this week one with one game tomorrow where – there was more than 35 points scored. Only two. So you see the totals. I mean, how low can they go? Can you make a total 32? Can you make a total 31? I mean, the, the Chargers and Rams can close 32, Burn, and they finished 13 to 6. So it's, it's incredible. But I think, you know, with last season, there was no preseason, right, because of everything. So now – there's a little bit more of an appetite for it. And again, between betting baseball favorites, betting under in college football, in NFL preseason, there's a lot of people that may be starting handicapping services or think they've cracked the code for this thing. And they're in for a rude awakening just next week, let alone when the regular season starts. You're right about those totals. I believe the Hall of Fame game with the Steelers and Cowboys closed at 31, didn't it, Dave? It did. It closed at 31, and it was funny because someone asked me what I thought. I said, I would open it 31 and dare anyone to bet the over. And I wouldn't even move it. That's right. I'd give no, you're, them you're, limit bets. You're great at overs. Uh, you're great at totals, Dave. I know uh, the other day we talked, and you nailed that uh, field of dreams over. You knew it was going to be 80. You knew it was going to be hot. You said nine and a half. You better grab it now before it goes to 10. It, it didn't matter. We've only got about a minute left. Dave, what is your biggest takeaway as far as the NFL this upcoming season and where some hidden value might be? Because you're good at finding hidden value. So I haven't done all the work yet. But, I mean, I was looking at, you know, I started with the favorites. And, Burn, you go through Tampa Bay's schedule, and that season win total number is screaming to me at worst, as long as Brady stays on his feet, 12-5. and 5. 
and I yes. think I've seen 11s and 11s and a half. I think at worst is a 12 and five. You know, and now it's a 17 game season, so all the traditional numbers that we used to know, 12 and four, eight and eight, all that stuff's out the window. And I don't know if books actually adjusted all those totals. So it's chalky, but I actually like Tampa Bay over season wins. I'll have more for you later, but right now that's all I got for you. Yeah, no, I'm watching we're, we're, we're in agreement on that. And they got all 22 starters back. Sounds like a college team. And let's get you on, uh, Dave, as we get into the uh, NFL season. But always great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, good luck the rest of the way out. You got it. Talk to you soon. Thanks again. The book was fantastic, by the way. Thank you. That was great. Oh, thank you very much, Dave. That's, of course, my book, The View from the Cheap Seats, which you can get on Amazon. That is Dave Sherapan, longtime sportsbook director here in Las Vegas, the pride of Pittsburgh. And you can follow him at Sportsbook Consig. Dave is very sharp, and he comes up with things that the average guy doesn't. He's been around the block uh, once or twice. Coming up, there are some revenge games in the NFL that I've earmarked that you're going to want to know about if for no other reason, just from as a fan's perspective. But first, let's go to the man. He always likes to say, if you only live once, but if you do it right, that's all you need. It's Bruin Finley with the latest. Thank you so much, Bernie. And Tyler Gilbert's dad might have been watching his son from the cheap seats to take an ode to your book, but Tyler was able to perform a masterpiece and he had a no-hitter for the Diamondbacks on Saturday. Even more impressive considering that it was his first ever Major League start in a D-back 7 to nothing victory over the Padres. A slew of NFL exhibition games coming through on this Saturday. And if you were hoping to see your week one starting quarterback play in these contests, you would be disappointed. Nathan Peterman st- stealing the show for the Raiders as he throws for 246 yards and an interception as Las Vegas takes down the Seahawks 20 to 7. 49ers prized 2021 draft pick Trey Lance heaves an 80 yard pass for his score. He called it a dream scenario, even though it was in the preseason. He did finish just 5 of 14 through the air for 100. 128 yards and the Niners face plant to the Chiefs 19 to 16. Jordan Love got some serious playing time went three and out in his first two drives but the Packers former first rounder finished 12 of 17 passing 122 yards and a touchdown and he said he got into some rhythm personally out there on the field despite Green Bay falling to the Texans 26 to 7. The Jets threw up a 12 piece to the Giants 12 to 7 very Jets there. Zach Wilson completed six of nine throws during his duties. The Jets had 12. The Chargers had 13. Enough to beat the Rams 13-6. No Justin Herbert. No Matt Stafford. Chase Daniel starring at the QB spot for Los Angeles with about 104 yards. And back to baseball. Two notes for you. Shohei Otani homers, but the Angels lose it to the Astros 8-2. And the Twins stifle the Rays 12-0, but still Tampa leads the AL East by four games. Now back to a man who holds a very high standing in Las Vegas. It is our guy. It is our dude. It is Bernie Fratto. Those are the dulcet tones of the silver-tongued devil, Brian Fenley. Uh, Look, the NFL is off and running, and it's hard not to look ahead. We've still got a couple of preseason games left and sorting some things out, but I'm all about storylines and 
who uh, who carries over grudges from last year, and there are a couple of actual revenge games that I'm looking forward to seeing. One of them is when the Rams play the Packers this year. Last season with Goff hurt, the Rams, I mean, and they don't even have Jared Goff anymore. It wasn't good enough for Sean McVay. Be careful what you wish for. The Rams, they were kind of making a, a brave attempt at a Super Bowl run. Unfortunately, the Packers, uh, they clowned all over the Rams at day 32-18. to 18. Now, the Packers organization, obviously, uh, they have been under the gun, and the Rams, well, they have a new quarterback under center, but that quarterback also happens to have a long hit, bat, you know, history of battles with Green Bay, usually, usually on the losing end. And there's nothing that Matt Stafford would like more than to help the Rams remove the 2020 playoff loss from their mind by beating the Packers. Keep, keep this in mind, though, that Matt Stafford was 10-65 and 65 as a starter in Detroit when he played teams who finished above 500. I, I know, by and large, the 11 years he was there, the Lions were not great. However, there were seven opportunities for the Lions to play in what you would call playoff implication games. Stafford was 0-7. He was 0-3 in the playoffs. The year they lost to Dallas, uh, the Lions had a top-five defense. They had a Hall of Fame, first, fame, first ballot Hall of Fame wide receiver. So it wasn't every year that the Lions stunk. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm going to have a commentary on Stafford in a couple weeks prior to the start of the season. If the Rams win a Super Bowl with Stafford, I will tip my cap. Even even if they just get to the Super Bowl with Stafford, I will tip my cap. But just, listen, I've seen one too many times where they're trying to come back in the fourth quarter against a quality opponent, and he rolls to his right, rolls to his right, right, rolls to his right, throws across his body into a sea of hands, tries to make a hero play, backfires, doesn't secure the ball in the pocket. He gets slapped away near the goal line. Uh, same type of thing, fumbles. You'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. Another revenge game, the Browns and Chiefs. Now, during the 2020 playoffs, the Browns, they were riding high. They just they smoked Pittsburgh. And it, coming off that, what you would consider historic playoff victory, they headed into Kansas City with a lot of confidence. And, frankly, Cleveland started out good. They started out strong. But after a slow start and an injury to Patrick Mahomes, which opened the you know door for the Browns to have a shot to actually win that game, they fell short because Chad Henney comes off the bench and they drag the Chiefs to victory. I bet everybody's already forgotten about that. And had those final seconds turned out differently, it may have, believe it or not, it, it may have, it could have been, in theory, the Browns heading to Tampa Bay to compete in Super Bowl 55 last year. All right. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, you'd all have a Merry Christmas. But the truth of the matter is, I know for a fact, Cleveland's got that game against Kansas City circled on their calendar. So I think it's one to watch. How about the Colts and Patriots? Now, this is a little bit down the road, but this game always brings some heat for many reasons. Because when when Peyton Manning, the, the fine fans in Indianapolis, they don't forget. When Peyton Manning was leading the Colts, they were the powerhouses of the AFC. Since his departure, though, the Patriots basically have humiliated the Colts, Colts, usually when it matters most in the biggest moments on the biggest stage. Then there was the saga when Josh McDaniels took the job in Indianapolis for about two days, and then he did a U-turn, and he went back to New England as the offensive coordinator. So now New England is kind of scrambling and scuffling on their own post-Brady, and I think the Colts will be looking to exert some revenge on this is a franchise New England that has tormented Indianapolis for years. 
How about Atlanta and Dallas? Week two last year, the 2020 season, saw one of the most remarkable comebacks in an NFL regular season game in history. With less than eight minutes remaining in the fourth quarter, the Falcons led 39-24. I know you remember this. When the Cowboys failed a two-point conversion with just under five minutes on the clock, it looked like it was a lock. I think the probability in Vegas was Atlanta 98% to win the game. Five minutes left. The Cowboys needed to score twice. That should have been it. Should have been over. The Falcons, well, they had other ideas. Already well known for their ability to collapse at any given moment. Sorry for, sorry about that, Atlanta. You got to own it. <laughs> the Falcons went into, f- <laughs> they went into full mode of self-destruction mode. I I can't even I can't even finish a sentence because I remember that game. I didn't bet it, but I remember thinking, oh "My God, what a horrible beat for somebody." The Falcons again, they went into full self-destruct mode. When the Cowboys recovered one of the most bizarre, wacky onside kicks you'll ever see in the history of an NFL game, it looked like, "Oh, oh, here we come, here comes that slippery slope." And as time expired, Greg Zerline, the Cowboys kicker, made a field goal, and the Cowboys won forty to thirty-nine. You got to know Arthur Smith and his team want revenge for that game. And by the way, Atlanta plays New England this year. They're going to want revenge for the 28 to 3 game in the Super Bowl. They let 28 to 3 and the Patriots came back. Um <laughs> There's actually some other revenge games here, but some of them are kind of obscure. I guess the moral of the story is that oftentimes you might look at two NFL teams that are getting on the field and not realize that there is, in fact, a backstory. There is, in fact, a grudge or revenge on the mind of one of the teams. And if you can do your homework and find that out, many times the teams with the greater motivation because they got a score to settle, that can matter. Not always, but you look for any edge you can get in betting. And any like Dave talked about a minute ago, sometimes players can get information the books don't have time to look at because the books are more concerned about the numbers. But a couple of these revenge games are for real, particularly for me, the Atlanta-Dallas one. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when those two teams tee it up. Coming up, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. We are going to do our first segment tonight of Mackinac Sports. And we'll talk a bit about a quarterback battle that may have been settled tonight. And once he lays it out, I think you'll probably agree. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted in 99% of the places in the U.S. to take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply i'm bernie fratto we're coming to you live from the las vegas fox sports radio studios this is the pregame show you always wanted so don't go away you're listening to straight out of vegas Vegas! one of the best in the business bernie fratto fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search fsr to listen live we're back on straight out of vegas the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto. Come to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team. They always do a great job. Chris Perfett, my technical producer. Bruin Finley on the updates. And Bo Benson, he is enjoying his honeymoon tonight. So we welcome in Ricky Herrera. Great job, guys, as always. And, of course, you folks, my team will be with me all the way until 3 a.m. tonight. As will this next gentleman. You know him, you love him, you can't live without him. It's time for Mackinac Sports, Mackenzie Rivers. And, Mackenzie, I think, uh, as Yogi Berra would say, we have different similarities. We both agree 
that the preseason is more significant than most people realize. When I covered the Lions all those years, I was told that coaches need the preseason so they can determine position battles and the uh, progression from a high draft choice from the uh, first year to a second year and even a third year. But speaking of position battles, I think you've got some thoughts on that. Well, there's one position that really matters in the NFL. I think you'd agree. And by the way, good job, Bo Benson. Shout out Bo Benson out on his honeymoon. Shout out to Brentwood in the EPL after 70 years. And shout out to Ryan Kinnell. Yes, nice job. Chewy's friend. Good job, McKenzie. Sorry, go ahead and do that again. I stepped on you. Gaming and gamers are here, and Ryan Kinnell is leading up. I bet he's at a at a spearmint having a little bit of fun right here in Vegas <laughs> on this fine on this fine hot August night. But let's talk about the preseason. I asked my uncle, famous, uh, should be in the Hall of Fame, will be one day. Mike Shanahan. I was about fifteen. We were at dinner at Francisco's before he had his own restaurant out in Denver. Shanahan's. Shout out Shanahan's. I'm like. The preseason, you know, I'm here every training camp. I'm a ball boy. Does it matter? I mean, am I just, you know, I, f- I feel like I'm really helping the team as the tight ends ball boy, you know, getting the ball, giving it to the tight ends, getting the ball, giving it to the tight ends. But does it really matter at all? And he's like, well, um, well, it's happy. I'm happy that you're here, but it matters that we have 55 healthy guys come September. If I had my druthers, I'd probably have zero preseason games. So, why do we care? Because the quarterback position does matter, and whether it's a 7-on-7 drill or an 11-on-11 drill or a glorified exhibition game like we get in the preseason, we all want to know what is the answer at quarterback for our favorite teams in our favorite cities. And I think we have an answer in Denver. Shout out to Denver, you know, home of Francisco's and the Shanahan's restaurant. (laughs) I think we have an answer. This is the big question, and it's about 50-50. Who's going to be the starting quarterback in Den- of the Denver Broncos? And I think it's Drew Locke. I'll tell you this. Both played excellent. Vic Lombardi said it really well. It was a tie tonight. And after preseason game, tie goes to the runner. Drew Locke was the runner. He was the starter. And I think he's going to get the starting gig come September. And it's not because he played well, which he did. Two touchdowns. They threw up 33 on the board. They won easily. It's because what they called. It was fourth and goal. Aggressive. They go for it. They miss it. First drive of the game. They're still 0-0. Next time they get it, the very first call, play action, deep bomb, much like Rod Smith and John Elway back in 98. They knew exactly what they were doing, and the kid puts it on a pin. Pat Shermer wants a future in this league. Teddy Bridgewater, God bless him, 67% against the spread for his career. He's been excellent as a game manager, as someone that loses by three and covers. His one playoff game in his career, he lost 9-10. You know, they missed a field goal, but he didn't really score much. He didn't really do much, but he kept him in the game, not making mistakes. That's not what you want if you're Pat Shermer and you're thinking about your future in this league, maybe getting another head gig once again. So I looked at the odds. I looked up. I pulled it up. Zero change, Bernie. Drew Locke is still minus 130, despite the fact he got the preseason start. Now, is this DraftKings? played so well. We're, can yeah, I ask where on, you saw this? Because a lot of this times This is on DraftKings right now. Yes. The only re- I didn't mean to interrupt you, but a lot of times we're not going to find uh, prop bets like that here in Vegas for obvious reasons. But you bring up an excellent point. You would think as good as he looked, he's, yeah, play on words here, a lock to be the starter. <laughs> so you might as well lock it down now before the odds go, before the odds are, are less favorable. Ted, Teddy Bridgewater was the favorite as of last week, and I think just because of that, these kind of odds move in progressions. Yes, in Vegas, unfortunately, you know that's why we stay connected. Shout out to the Hitman out in Jersey. Shout out to everybody out in the world that helps us stay connected with uh, all the great lines out there. But Drew Lock minus one thirty—that's about a 51, 52 percent 
implied percentage. I think after today, tie goes to the runner, as Vic Lombardi of the Altitude says. I think it's very well said. And I think Drew Locke, he's not a lock, but he's minus 200 or better. I think he's he, definitely the favorite right now to be the starter. He looked like he had total command of the offense. It was men against boys out there. Honest to God, uh, the Denver made – look – Denver played fast. They got off the ball. They looked in sync. And obviously, Locke, with some experience under his belt now, that's starting to show. So the real question is, do they become a play on, McKenzie? Because, you know, the markets aren't going to adjust that much on Denver. They're going to be a dog a lot. Denver has been a wise guy darling throughout the offseason. A lot of it, we thought, was because they thought they might get Aaron Rodgers. But even without Aaron Rodgers in the mix, their season win number continues to tick up. It opened at 7.5. It's almost to 9, Bernie. A lot to like. A lot of optimism here in Vegas about the Denver Broncos. Right, and I'm talking about as the season starts, week to week. I should have looked this up. I'm not sure who they play week one, but I would suspicion of the 17 games they play this year, McKenzie. They are a Uh, one-point favorite at, at the New York Giants week one, Bernie. Okay, thanks so much. Good stuff. So, Mackenzie, you'll be back in about an hour. We're going to take you through till 3 a.m. tonight. That's going to do do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I am Bernie Fratto. Next up, well, it's Bernie Fratto again. We're going to take you all the way through to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. So, I want to keep it. I want you to keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up, Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Bernie Fratto. Right out of Vegas!